Hey there, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to CFUV 101.9 FM. On this week's episode of Coastal Voices, we have Amanda Strong speaking about her career in the arts. Stick around because that interview and much more is just around the corner on Coastal Voices. Welcome to this week's episode of Coastal Voices, everybody. Um, As you might have noticed, it's the first official week of school uh, and classes at UVic, so I'd just like to take a second to welcome all the new students, faculty members, and workers at UVic. Uh, it's a beautiful day out there, and the weather was perfect for the sub fair, which included lots of great swag from different organizations around campus. There's like bouncy castles and stuff like that. And CFUV had a table set up, and we're giving away some records, CDs, and books for, and the chance to win to uh, chance to win passes to Riflandia. So if you're interested in volunteering for CFUV, be sure to check out cfuv.uvic online and uh, sign up for Volunteer Squared. On top of all that, and quite literally on top of, we had some musical guests, Zoo Riot and John and Roy, and the dudes on the roof of the sub. It was crazy. It's a great time on campus to come check out all the booths that the sub fair has to offer this week. Last week, I was lucky enough to speak to the incredibly talented Amanda Strong, or Spotted Fawn, as is her traditional name, and I came across a trailer for Amanda's short film, Indigo. Uh, when I was lurking around social media and looking for kind of cool topics and artists to feature. And just the trailer for this film blew me away uh, so much that I contacted Amanda and asked her if she'd be into coming on Coastal Voices and speaking about her films, specifically Indigo, which is a Toronto International Film Festival selection. Um, the film has premiered in kind of the small scale in Vancouver and uh, was screened at Cannes. Uh, in the short film selections, but uh, the film premieres officially uh, in Toronto at TIFF later this month. So without further ado, here is Amanda Strong. Hi, my name is Amanda Strong. I'm a Cree Métis artist from Mississauga, Ontario, and my um, traditional name is Spotted Fawn. So I go by that often, especially related to my art. Mm-hmm. And I currently um back and forth between uh, Coast Salish Territory and Toronto. Wow. And yeah, so I've just been kind of exploring and uh, expanding like my art practice, kind of traveling with it and just learning from other artists and other other um, nations. That's awesome. 
I wonder if you could talk a little bit about the type of art that is uh, your primary practice. Yeah. So I've my background is in photography and illustration. Uh, that's what I went to school for in at Sheridan Institute in Oakville, and through that I kind of expanded this idea of. Uh, having this interest in creating these worlds through photography and self-portraiture and kind of was interested in the motion of bringing those worlds or those characters to life Mm. um, through film and animation. So through when I went into illustration, I kind of developed an interest in filmmaking and kind of just self-taught and worked with collaborators and friends to kind of just try things out. I don't have a a training in film or animation, but I'm, that's kind of the direction that I've been going because my interest is directing and kind of having a vision, working with the people or the areas of the film that I feel work best with the concept to kind of make that whole piece come together. And that's the joy of it for me is just the unveiling of all of these talents or art forms coming together to make one piece. Mm. Um, I wonder what inspires you right now uh, for your, for what you're practicing now in film. Um, yeah. Um, well, a lot of my previous work has been uh, ideas of exploring myself and challenges or different struggles I've been through. So, yeah, my Um, In my previous or earlier works in all, like, photography, collage, illustration, and even my first films, um, it was about exploring, like, individual or personal challenges or struggles in my own life with relationships to people or just the relationships to the land and just sorting through that stuff artistically. Mm. Um, And... Now I'm kind of, I feel moving, I guess, outside of just focusing on myself and my own feelings and my own struggles. And I'm trying to find ways to take this, the kind of aesthetic or um, visions that I've had and now apply those to kind of more um, relevant or, I guess, communal or global issues that uh, need addressing in an artistic way and but yeah, I'm just, I guess, inspired to guess, find, like, more about my roots or social issues that kind of resonate with me that I could kind of apply this, uh, the arts, too, to kind of have a voice or educate people, help people know a bit more about something in a, in a creative way. Hmm. Do you have a first memory of creating art? in any capacity? I I wasn't really too, like, as a younger person or a child, I, I always liked to draw or kind of do art, but I never thought I'd be an art, artist. I had more of an academic background and I an athletic background, so that's kind of where I thought I was going to go. And mm-hmm. it was actually when my grandfather passed away that I found all of his cameras and old negatives stuff like Mm. that, that I kind of, something just told me to grab them. I didn't even know why. 
that's kind of where my I would say my artistic journey began. I was in high school and I just kind of kept going with it, and I didn't really know what I was doing or why. Mm. Um, but it, and I just kind of I didn't give up on my academic practice or schooling, but I just something told me to go in this art direction and to go into school with it as well. And uh, that, you know, I could always go and do the other stuff at any time as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was kind of around then that I really felt like this is what I should be doing. That's awesome. Um, do you have any, like, future projects on the go right now? Or is it something that you're continually working on? Um, yes, like, I just finished my... Um, short animation Indigo, which um, will be premiering at the Toronto International Film Festival in September. I saw and that. So, Congratulations! Right? Oh, congratulations! Yeah, no, we're it's really, really, really excited about that. It's um, my first kind of funded piece um, through Arts Council grants and the NFP, so it was pretty nice. exciting to have that opportunity. And yes, I definitely am continuing with this path. I have. Um, those short projects that I'm working on. One is called Through the Eyes of the Other World. It's another animation kind of helping um, youth or not just youth, but people of today to reconnect to the oral traditional stories mm-hmm. and just through the eyes of some of the of the characters in our stories that help us, I guess, have a moral compass or kind of guide us in our past that many of us have lost touch with or mm-hmm. been disconnected from. So it's kind of a neat project, really excited about that. Um, and so that's one thing I'm working on. And then I'm also working on another short, it's kind of a personal journey, but more so about exploring my roots and mm. kind of this interconnectedness with, um, I guess, my grandmother and her grandfather and kind of taking our animal spirits and playing with that in an animation as well. So, yeah, those are two shorts. And then I also have a feature film in development about the disappearing honeybees. It's called Honey for Sale. Um, It's kind of, it's kind of like that social issue that I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And it's not so much like about the bees particularly. It's just the bees as a vessel or like a cornerstone to kind of all of the issues surrounding our animals or the earth, like all the destruction that's happening. And just, it's another, I guess, experimental hybrid documentary that Mm. would have animation in it as well. Again, it's exploring to what I feel is like a really interconnected issue of just, you know, what we're doing as humans to the Mm. earth and, living species and just exploring it in kind of an abstract way to help us, you know, it's not meant to be judgmental or like it's meant to poetically kind of like maybe make us think about what we're doing or kind of what we could do differently. perhaps. Yeah. Maybe framing a new conversation. That's, that's really a a really big interest in kind of like reconnecting things, Mm -hmm. like whether it's on a personal level or community level or, global level it's just like I think it, a lot of things come down to our disconnection from what was really important at one point mm. and just the way lives move now in society and technology and all these things that have kind of taken us away from those core 
structures of Mm -hmm. what life's really about and the respect to the things that kind of sustain us and Mm -hmm. yes it's my interest and that's what I'm up to for the next couple of years, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. I really loved the characters in Indigo, like the, I guess, the creation of the characters. I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. Were they um, something that you created with your own hands? Is it something that it was created for you or was it? Um, yeah, a- so the there's, well, there's the dolls and then there's the spider character, which they're all kind of um, armatures or puppets. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had made a live action version using an actual little girl that we had like a very similar costume and makeup. Cool. And I haven't actually completed that one yet. It's actually something I'm going to go back and revisit one day, but mm-hmm. that was kind of like the inspiration of the character. So through the help of um, an animator, Métis animator named Carol Calder, she was like my mentor and really uh, helped with the the construction of the, the like the dolls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a process that she has used. So she helped and we, we both sculpted the like original kind of the sculpt of the doll. And then again, she helped kind of uh, with the mold and the rubber latex part mm. and then I helped like put all the hair and there's another Métis artist who made all the miniature costumes for her huh. um, named Elena McLeod so like between the three of us we were kind of the key people involved with making the dolls mm-hmm. and um, so I ma- I was through learning from Terrell I was able to make two more dolls on my own because wow. um, she had two versions because one broke kind of partway through. Oh, no. And um, it's just what happens. They The wire eventually snaps. Oh, so. yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. I definitely had my hands in it, but I also had help um, from people and it was kind of a team effort mm-hmm. in all aspects of the film. And the spider um, was kind of like my idea, and I worked with, um, his name is JP Navidad, and kind of we just talked about kind of, what I was looking for and he helped build build that out of all sorts of metal parts and found objects. She, it she's the grandmother spider. <laughs> no, it doesn't really look mm-hmm. that it's more of a steampunk look. But yeah, that's <laughs> who the the character is meant to be, grandmother spider. And yeah, so he helped with that as well. So uh the is the premiere at TIFF or is it already premiered other places or will this be the first was, time? This will be like a theatrical premiere. Um, it, it was accepted into the Cannes um, short film corner in wow. France. So it was there in April, but it wasn't an actual like official screening. It was mm-hmm. more of like a short film market. That's so really still cool. definitely an accomplishment to be in there because that's like the biggest film festival yeah, there is. That's and so huge. So yeah, it was really awesome, but it definitely wasn't like in the competition or mm-hmm. like in a theater. So it's actual like world premiere in the theaters at TIFF, which is also a pretty big deal. So yeah, pretty excited about that. And that's where like I'm around where I'm from. So yeah. it'd be really great for me to show it there amongst, you know, a lot of my family and friends and it's pretty important to me. Totally. That's a that's an amazing accomplishment. It's always 
it's always nice creating what you want to create, but to have it be recognized and uh, to be able to share it with the world is a very unique, amazing thing. Um, Thank you. What type of other work, aside from, uh, I guess, filmmaking, do you do? I know you touched on wanting to make something for youth. Do you do outreach? With youth? Yeah. Yeah, um, well, for before I made Inco, I was pretty heavily involved with the kind of Native at-risk youth in Toronto at Native Child and Family Services. Mm-hmm. They had an art program called Seven Generation Image Makers. So I worked there for about five years, um, kind of doing mural projects all across the city, as well as kind of took over into the... Um, kind of media coordinator and mm-hmm. did like video projects and all sorts of photography projects, all sorts of kind of um, media related activities with sometimes like full time projects, sometimes just drop in type stuff. Um, so I did that for, for, like I said, a good five years at least and have kind of been doing that type of stuff um, as like just in general. So I was involved with Arts for Children and Youth doing all sorts of different projects with with at-risk kind of schools all across um, Toronto as well and kind of doing like native murals in schools, things like that. And I also have developed um, two collectives for Indigenous youth um, that are kind of surrounding media works and projects. So one is called Media Creators um, with John Hupfield and... Miles Turner, and that's kind of Toronto-based project as well, where we've done several, we apply for grants and whatnot to kind of develop a project or a workshop series that gives youth the opportunity to explore film or video as a medium. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've done Super 8 video, photography, all sorts of stuff there. And then Indigenous Roots is another collective developed with Archer Pachawis and Ben Donahue and Susan Blight. And that's more new media based. So kind of take it outside of just like a theater or like a two dimensional film screen and trying to go into like all sorts of programming or like different avenues for exploring media outside of just a video. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's pretty exciting. And we've done a couple of projects through that as well so far. So yeah, I kind of have been doing that for a long time. Um, I did, kind of put a bit more of my focus on my own film the last two years, but still involved. And I just recently uh, went up to Haida Gwaii and worked on Haida Raid 3. So That's it's a so cool. stop motion animation um, that they've done a few of, and they just, I guess, wanted to kind of, um, I guess, up their production value. And so I went up there as a mentor, and they, they actually shared the director's credit with me, which was very awesome and I got to go up there and work with the community and just currently finishing that right now actually and um, yeah it's really amazing it's you know it's a cultural project there's language in it it's surrounding like the huge issues of the water and the pipelines and it's Mm -hmm. for Kenny Starr's new song Save Our Waters oh wow really really neat project Yeah. yeah and that was involving youth and community as well I can't wait to see that. Um, Hadagoy is where my mom's from, so I'm really excited to see. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I know that territories like that are that are kind of rural and really far away definitely need extra support, so that's awesome. Yeah, it was the first time I ever been up 
to that area or that territory. It was, mm-hmm. it was beautiful and it was a really great experience. And I hope, you know, to be able to go there again or continue working with them. It, I think it's a really like back to that social issue and using mm-hmm. art to speak to those things. And, you know, I stand behind, you know, the issue 100% and really passionate about it myself. So I would definitely put like, 200% of myself into that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah really excited so yeah like I think for me working with youth or community oriented projects like is equally as important to me as my own practice and mm-hmm. I kind of just like to find a balance of the two and at times one can be more you know prevalent in my life and mm-hmm. it kind of just cycles and I, I never like to do just one all the time you know it's yeah. really refreshing to kind of go back and forth yeah, definitely. Well, it you're sounds like learning. Yeah, it sounds like you're up to a whole bunch of stuff right now. That's awesome. I did want to ask you uh, how people can find Indigo or where they can see it when it premieres, and uh, how they can find like more work from you or connect with any of the projects you just mentioned. Um. Yeah. So, um, we have a. Facebook page and a website for Indigo. Mm-hmm. Um, and the website is www.indigostopmotion.com. Mm-hmm. And the Facebook is facebook.com slash indigostopmotion. So it's the same, mm-hmm. it's like using Indigo Stop Motion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, both of those kind of have all the details, you know, stills from it, the trailer, um, kind of it's the news about what's happening, who's involved. Uh, the website's kind of being built, so there'll be more info to come kind of about the crew and, and you know, upcoming screenings. So anything that's pretty much happening will be will be kind of posted on, mm-hmm. on either page. Um, cool. So that's where you can find out about Indigo. And, yeah, as I said, it, it is premiering in the Toronto International Film Festival on September 7th and September 8th at the Scotiabank theater downtown toronto wow just around the corner go on sale yeah (laughs) getting nervous (laughs) yeah so the tickets go on sale i think august 31st um um, through the tiff website as far as i know that's awesome cool yeah and uh, for myself personally i have my own website it's also kind of being revamped currently but there is stuff up right now and it's just amandastrong.com or spottedfawnproductions.com it's the same the same place and i'm on facebook with uh, spotted fawn productions as well that's awesome thank you so much amanda for sharing sharing your work with us today and uh hopefully that uh premiere goes off without a hitch i'm really excited uh to see that and yeah congratulations on your nomination thank you so much i really appreciate the interview thank i'm honored to have got to talk with you so thank you awesome thanks so much awesome wonderful thank you so much again yeah thank you so much amanda it was really good to talk to you today i'm really excited about your film Hey everybody, you're listening to Coastal Voices on CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria, streaming online at cfuv.uvic.ca, and you can follow us on Twitter at CFUV, and CFUV DJ is another place where you can get like up-to-the-minute tweets. So once again, that was the fabulous Amanda Strong. 
Her website is www.amandastrong.com, or you can find out more about Indigo at www.indigostopmotion.com. Unfortunately, if you're looking to get tickets to that, it's all sold out, which is great news for Amanda and the people that went into making this amazing film. And I hope that uh, everybody who checks it out this week really, really um, appreciates how much work and uh, talent went into that. Uh, If you missed any of that interview, keep your eyes peeled on both the Coastal Voices Facebook group and the CFUV SoundCloud page. And this episode of Coastal Voices will be available in the next day or so for your streaming and uh, downloading pleasures. Uh, I guess we'll do some, um, some weather. I mean, yeah, why not? Hey, hello, hi. You're listening to Coastal Voices on CFUV. That was Buffy St. Marine with Capel Valley, Saskatchewan. And before that, Native Puppy Love from A Tribe Called Red. Uh, Okay, I guess we can give the appropriate amount of time to news today. I felt like it was more of a music day. So there's not a lot to report in the news today, but we might as well do it anyways. That is the nature of this program. And uh, yeah, so let's just get right into it. Okay, so this is kind of kind of silly, funny, cool news. Uh, one of the world's most famed lawyers uh, and activists, best known for her the Julia Roberts portrayal of her life in the film by her name, Erin Brockovich, uh, is standing with the First Nations in the Pictou County, Nova Scotia, who have increasing concern about... Uh, pulp mill emissions. According to the reports, uh, the pulp mill in Pictou County is producing emissions that are 78% above legal limits. Uh, The company responsible for the mill says that there has been a 25% improvement in the level since they were last tested uh, last year. Last month, the Nova Scotia government issued a compliance order giving Northern Pulp a deadline of May 30th to get its air quality emissions in line. Uh, This Tuesday, Erin Brockovich posted a message on Facebook showing her support for the Picto residents and calling on Canadians to take action against uh, this pulp mill situation in Picto. So I haven't heard Erin Brockovich's name for a pretty long time, but I thought that was kind of a funny piece of news to include. Always good to know that uh, people are on, uh, on the side of the good, fighting the good fight. Um, in other news, since the recent death of Tina Fontaine, two more young Indigenous women have gone missing. And the manager of a Facebook page dedicated to spreading the word about the disappearances of these young women has said that she feels since the death of Tina Fontaine has been publicized within mainstream media, much more people are taking notice of the issue of missing and murdered Indigenous women. Tina Fontaine was a young woman who was murdered in in Manitoba last month. Although police are treating her death as a homicide, no arrests have been made at this point, which is roughly a month later. Very upsetting. You can find the Facebook page by searching Missing Manitoba Women on Facebook. There you'll find a shocking amount of Indigenous women who are missing from the Manitoba and surrounding areas. Telecommunications billionaire Craig McCaw is selling his private BC island. 
James Island is a 780-acre property just off the coast of Van Isle near Victoria, and it's the second largest privately owned Gulf Island. Today, it is home to many luxuries that only the very fortunate 1% will get to know. Uh, with a private golf course and cottages, this island is now a far cry from uh, what it once was as the territory of the Sayout First Nation. Uh, after the Sayout people were displaced, the land uh, was not included in the, Doug- in the Douglas Treaties. An Aboriginal community was removed from the island in the 1900s, the Sayout community, and like many coastal First Nations, the Sayout Nation has pr- repeatedly tried to uh, negotiate a settlement with the subsequent landowners. The property is subject to two land claims, and the island would eventually become a site of a munitions plant that became important during the Second World War. The plant was su- shut down in the 1980s, and according to the National Post, Sayout members say they thought the land would be returned to them when the munitions factory was removed. They say the island holds an unmarked cemetery and that there's a lot of history there. Um, They'd really prefer to have it returned. It is their land. And I mean, that's not a far cry from what's happening in Grace Islet. So that type of uh, colonial violence is still present everywhere that you look and you don't have to look far, unfortunately, especially on the West Coast. Uh, In other news... Kind of like some good news happening in the town. It's the 2014 First Nations Inuit and Métis Art Show, August uh, 8th, which is past to September 4th, which is tomorrow. So hopefully uh, this is just in time for you guys to check it out. Um, Yeah, tomorrow, Thursday, it's on 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. And uh, I guess Sunday... I guess it's not on Sunday. Okay. Uh, It's at the Mary Winspear Center in uh, Sydney, British Columbia. And a unique art show in Canada with... It's a unique art show in Canada with First Nations artists from across Canada. Uh, A lot of local Salish artists, Northwest Coast artists, as well as Métis, Mohawk, Blackfoot, Cree, Ojibwa, Ojibwe, uh, Navajo, Inuit, and Chickasaw Nations are all going to be included in this gallery show. The whole gallery will be displayed to reflect the intent and spirit of the event and the diversity of art expression, which includes carving, weaving, prints, fabric, art, drums, rattles, poetry, beadwork, leatherwork, painting, jewelry, and uh, some that might surprise you. So once again, that's at the Mary Winspear Center, and uh, you can find out more online. I just looked it up on Facebook, super easy to find. Um, It is called the First Nations Inuit and Métis Art Show. So check that out. This Friday from 6 to 10 p.m., which is two days from now, you got time to get your plans in order at the Solstice Cafe on 529 Pandora, um, a night of Indigenous writers featuring featuring Elena Sayers, Woo Dil- Dylan Thomas, Troy Andrew Sebastian, and Victoria's own Port Laureate, and one of our own here at CFUV, Janet Rogers. Indigenous writers helping uh, will help launch the ninth annual Victoria Anarchist Book Fair, uh, September sixth and seventh at the Fernwood Community Center. And admission to this writers' night is by donation. Um, that sounds super awesome. That sounds like a really good way to open up the Anarchist Book Fair uh, on a good note and honoring the Indigenous people, Indigenous people who are from and who live and 
hang out on this territory. So that's definitely something to behold. I only know two of those uh, writers and authors, but I'm sure they're all fabulous. And uh, I know that Elena Sayers and Janet Rogers are both amazing writers and very powerful speakers. So don't miss out on that. Once again, that is this Friday. 6 to 10 p.m. at Solstice Cafe. If you don't know where that is, 629, nope, 529 Pandora Ave in Victoria. And that about does it for news and current events. I'm just going to close uh, close it out with music today. Uh, not as much news, not as much interviews today, but I think it's a good day for just some jams. So uh, without further ado, let's get into some... Hmm... Let's listen to some Flying Down Thunder. This is called Listen, and uh, how appropriate. Okay, thanks again for tuning in to Coastal Voices, everybody. Hey, everybody, you're listening to CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. I am Sasha. We were just listening to a couple things, didn't we have? Ah, yes, we had Flying Down Thunder with Listen, and uh, that's off of Northwind. That's a really sick track. Sick album altogether. I love it so much. I can listen to it all the time. Really, really um, good indigenous tracks. Uh, Whoopso again um, from the album Odomin Quelonat. That was Odomin. I really like that song. Actually, I really like that music for like rainy day chill sessions. But I felt like rocking it out today. You know, why not? Why not? It's been a while. So next up for you, I have some indigenous hip-hop stemming straight out of Brazil. This is Carol Conca, and this is from the album Batu Freak. And this is Boa Noite, and uh, I probably butchered that, but, you know, you gotta try. Anyways, this is super awesome, and uh, the folks at CFUV are loving it, and I hope you're feeling it too. Uh, Let me know. Let me know on Facebook. Uh, The Coastal Voices Facebook group is just coastal voices but it is a group so you gotta search for the group functionality and uh you can find uh cfuv streaming if you're not near a radio and you want to check out your shows uh cfuv.uvic.ca and um yeah that's pretty much all the social media i can remember right now so let's get into it this is carol conca and it is a boy night All right, as I was saying, that is Carol Conca, and she's coming out of uh, Brazil. That's indigenous Brazilian hip-hop. Check it out. It's really good. It's that good girl rap. We love it. And, uh, yeah, that about does it for me. Up next, Straight No Chaser. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Just going to get into some special announcements, and then I'll be leaving you until next week, where I'll have an interview with Rob G. from Shop Wrong in Vancouver. Thank you, everybody, so much for tuning in. And I'll leave you with some grimes, because that's what I'm feeling like today. So once again, thanks for tuning in to Coastal Voices, and I'll see you all later.